What's happening? Shit, I know something happening. Cause everything's moving. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast, and this is Eric Sagala. Hey, what's up, everyone? You're listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast with Eric Scala, sponsored by Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, go ahead and uh, check out anchor.fm. Get to business. So, we're back. After missing the wildcard weekend, we are back to ask the question, was this the greatest weekend in NFL postseason history? I mean, it's almost crazy to think that one weekend full of heart-pounding, last-second heroics of football would result in the divisional round of the 2021 NFL playoffs, now considered one of the greatest weekends of NFL history. Four games played over two days, three of which were determined by the legs of those athletes that all teams take for granted, and in dramatic fashion. The final matchup would be remembered as an instant classic, and would be replayed for years to come. The next championship round is going to feature a couple of new faces, and many familiar ones, as well as one team, who many have doubted at the dawn of the 2021 campaign, still remain as one of the biggest threats, and have two games to go for redemption in the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go ahead and start with the first game. We're going to talk about it here, uh, the breakdowns of, of what had happened this past weekend, and then we'll go into my prediction for the Super Bowl. Since my original prediction has been altered, I had uh, originally predicted Buffalo and the Los Angeles Rams, so we'll see if any of that changes by the time we're done conversating this. But seriously, uh, we, we want to know what your opinion is about, was this the greatest weekend in NFL history? Uh, you can always reach me on social media, just look up Elevated Sports Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and you could also email us directly and have a chance to come on the show. Just email Elevated Sports Podcast at gmail.com and I will for sure get back to you. But for the very first game, first of all, it's been 31 years. 31 long years since the Cincinnati Bengals had any playoff success. 31 years, which is the longest playoff victory drought in NFL history. That's three decades worth. That's generations of family that is not becoming Bengals fans because of how bad their team has been. And even though they've made the postseason a couple of times, I mean, there has been zero success. The last time was when the Bengals defeated the Houston Oilers, now the Tennessee Titans, on January 6, 1991, dominating 41-14, the days of Boomer Esiason, Icky Woods, and Sam Weich seemed like a distant memory, and generations of fans would not see postseason success for over three decades. After the 91 season, Cincinnati would move on from Sam Weich after having a disappointing 3-13 season, and would cap off a new tradition of losing seasons year after year going all the way to their worst season yet in 2002. This, however, would earn them a top draft pick in the 2003 NFL Draft, selecting USC quarterback Carson Palmer. Under new head coach Marvin Lewis, the Bengals would eventually become one of the more competitive teams in the newly formed AFC North, clashing with the juggernaut Steelers 
beating down on the returning Browns, and intense battles with the defensive ran Baltimore Ravens. The offense would consist of players like Cedric Benson, TJ Hushmanzada, and of course, Chad Ochocinco Johnson. However, Coach Lewis would never win a playoff game in his career, even after finding a new quarterback and wide receiver tandem in Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. Both of them had been pro bowlers at one point. And in 2018, the Bengals fired Marvin Lewis. Zach Taylor would eventually become his successor and found his quarterback of the future the following year. The most electrifying quarterback entering the draft was Joe Burrow, who led the LSU Tigers to a national championship his senior season. Once he was in the college football playoffs, Burrow dominated the competition and left no question about who was the number one overall pick. Joe Burrow's rookie season wouldn't go as planned as he suffered a season-ending knee injury in week 11, tearing his ACL and MCL, including damaging his PCL and meniscus. The Bengals were criticized during the offseason by drafting LSU wide receiver and former teammate of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Instead of selecting an offensive line help, or defense to protect Burrow from injury. The Bengals this year have proven why Chase was the right choice all along. The offense was explosive. Chase has been uncatchable, Burrow calm and collective like a veteran, and even Joe Mixon was third in rushing this year. Cincinnati has been incredible, and after beating the Raiders during Super Wildcard Weekend, the Bengals can do more than celebrate one victory, their first in over 30 years. They can now prepare for one of the biggest games since Super Bowl 23. As for the Tennessee Titans, they have had more recent playoff success, reaching the Super Bowl in 2000 with Steve McNair, Eddie George, and former head coach Jeff Fisher. That team lost to the greatest show on turf in Super Bowl 34. In recent years, the Titans have dominated the AFC South and even made a conference championship appearance in 2019, losing to the eventual Super Bowl champions Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals this past week battled the number one seeded Tennessee Titans, who enjoyed the time off the week before. Also had weapons, but were offensively disappointing. With the likes of Julio Jones and last year's leading receiver AJ Brown, you would have figured that Ryan Tannehill's numbers would skyrocket. Instead, the Titans offense was powered through the run game, and the divisional round would welcome back their star running back, six foot three, Derrick Henry who was battling a foot injury that kept him out for the majority of the season. This game started off with an interception from Bengals safety Jesse Bates, which set the tone for most of the game. It was apparent that Henry wasn't his usual self on Saturday, as the Titans struggled to get him going, only having a handful of runs. Clearly, his foot was still bothering him. Joe Burrow, however, was sacked nine times in this game, but lived up to the Joe Cool name by still moving his team downfield. Both squads played great defense, and Tennessee would score the first touchdown with a short Derrick Henry run, but failed to convert the two-point conversion. Cincinnati's kicker Evan McPherson was kicking his team to victory after scoring the first nine points of the game. Then a Joe Mixon touchdown would make it 16-6, with Tennessee threatening to score thanks to a huge run set up by Deontay Foreman, an incredible interception by Mike Hilton, would squash such hopes. The turnover would result in no points, and suddenly, at the end of the third quarter, a pass off the hands of Samaj Pirine was falling to the ground when Amani Hooker dove for the ball and picked off Joe Burrow. This play would be controversial, as the tip of the ball did indeed touch the ground. More importantly, it would swing the momentum of the game to Tennessee. 
Tannehill would then throw a nice rainbow pass for a touchdown to A.J. Brown from the 33-yard line. Tied ball game at 16 apiece. Entering the fourth quarter, Tennessee would fail to convert a fourth and one when Henry was stopped behind the line of scrimmage, turning the ball over with seven and a half minutes left. Cincinnati would drain most of the clock in their next possession, but led to no points. The Titans now had a chance to win the game with two minutes left and began driving to midfield. However, with a tip pass by Eli Apple, one of the players that many people called a draft bust, would eventually fall into the hands of Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with 20 seconds left to go. Burrow found his old LSU teammate Jamar Chase to get into field goal range. Enter Evan McPherson. He lined up for the 52-yard field goal attempt and kicked the Bengals to the first AFC Championship game, the first time since 1989. This was also Cincinnati's first playoff road win in franchise history. Now we turn to the San Francisco 49ers at the number one seeded Green Bay Packers. The San Francisco 49ers was one of the last expected teams to get this far in the playoffs, with a 10-7 record and third in the NFC West behind the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. No one was giving Jimmy Garoppolo a chance when it was believed that the 49ers found their quarterback of the future by drafting Trey Lance third overall. San Francisco has been through some painful seasons but have reached the Super Bowl twice over the past 10 years, falling short each time. One magical run led by blacklisted quarterback Colin Kaepernick and current Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh in 2012, and most recently, current head coach Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019. Both times coming close but falling short. This year has been up and down for the 49ers but their consistently powerful rush offense has been their bread and butter. They would be able to squeak away from the Cowboys in the wildcard round in what was a letdown of the past playoff matchups between these two storied franchises. Next up would be the Green Bay Packers, who Aaron Rodgers is actually 0-3 heading into this one against San Francisco in the playoffs. He was victim to Kaepernick's 49ers in the 2012 and the 2013 playoffs, and also falling to them in the 2019 NFC Championship game. It seems so long ago when Aaron Rodgers held up that Lombardi trophy way back in 2011. Far too many times have they been knocked off by more competitive teams in the postseason. There was a lot of drama and speculation with Aaron Rodgers this year, from demanding a trade on draft night, then reworking his contract, all the way to his mystic vaccination status that had him quoting Joe Rogan. Some football fans would roll their eyes when they hearing Aaron Rodgers' name this year, especially those hopeful Bronco fans that thought a deal was imminent. The Packers would use the weather as intimidation for a home field advantage, getting ready for the divisional game, and as the weather, in weather intensified, so did the matchup. Green Bay had no problem marching down the field on their opening drive when the skies were clear, topping it off with an A.J. Dillon touchdown. The 49ers defense would tighten up after that, forcing a fumble at the end of the first quarter. The freezing conditions affected the passing game for both teams. San Francisco would turn to its running game and get downfield. However, another questionable throw by Garoppolo would result in a turnover in the red zone. Green Bay was about to turn the interception into three more points at the end of the half when the kick was blocked by San Francisco's special teams. After pounding the rock to get back into the red zone, Robbie Gould would 
kicked the ball through the uprights for San Francisco to make it 7-3. Aaron Rodgers was prepared to score, but a sack on third and goal would allow Mason Crosby to make it 10-3. In the fourth quarter, the snow was increasing. The 49ers got in the red zone again and faced fourth and one. Elijah Mitchell was stopped behind the line of scrimmage. The Packers' next possession was uninspiring, and Rodgers was sacked on third and eight. When they punted the ball away on the special teams of the 49ers, once again stepped up to make the play of the game by blocking the punt by Jordan Willis in return for the touchdown by Telenoa Hafunga. The game was tied at 10-10. The Packers' offense was awful in this game and couldn't convert a third down late in the battle. San Francisco marched down the field with no problem setting up Robbie Gold to take them back to the NFC Championship game. The 47-yard game-winning field goal went right through the middle, and the fans at Lambeau Field were stunned. Garoppolo met Gold at the end of the game and famously quoted, You're a fucking legend, man! Fuck the Packers! Aaron Rodgers walked off the field looking pissed off. Was this the last time fans would see him in a Packer uniform? Maybe. Maybe. The next game, Los Angeles would battle the defending Super Bowl champions, the Buccaneers. Los Angeles had a lot to prove this year. The many off-season and mid-season changes the team made this year should have catapulted them into the top seed. Instead, they were third behind the Green Bay Packers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The trade of Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford seemed to be an excellent decision for the Rams, even though Goff led his team to the Super Bowl in 2018. With Stafford working with Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, this offense was going to be great, but the run game never found its stride, and Brandon Cooks would be lost for the season. The defense already had great pieces to solidify their validation with Jalen Ramsey and the great Aaron Donald but a mid-season trade for Von Miller would make the defense terrifying, especially in the postseason, when in 2015, Von Miller could not be stopped, setting him up for Super Bowl 50 MVP. In that same week, the Rams, who were looking for a replacement for Brandon Cooks, would sign freshly released Odell Beckham Jr., who had a fallout with the Cleveland Browns. The moves seemed troublesome for the Rams as they dropped the next three games, and questions would arise indicating that Miller and OBJ were locker room cancers. As the season came to a close, both players would find their stride and helped the Rams dominate the Cardinals during the wildcard weekend. The defending Super Bowl champions Tampa Bay Buccaneers had no competition facing the Philadelphia Eagles in their wildcard matchup. Tom Brady, who might just win the MVP this year, was playing like the ageless wonder that he is. Losing their star wide out in bizarre fashion, Antonio Brown was once considered the best wide receiver in football and his image of skipping off the field at the end of the season will resonate in the disappointing finale of the Bucks' attempt at back-to-back -back champions. The swarming Tampa Bay defense laid out a blueprint on how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs' high-powered offense. The Buccaneers had to emulate that same performance against the Rams. At first, this one was looking like it was going to be a blowout when Los Angeles went up 27-3 with 7 minutes and 7 seconds left to go in the third. The broadcast had mentioned that Brady had them right where he wanted them, already coming back from a 28-3 deficit in Super Bowl 51. Cooper Cup made a crucial mistake fumbling on their next possession, swinging the momentum in the Bucks' favor. After Leonard, after, the, after a Leonard Fournette touchdown, the Rams did nothing on the next possession. But the defense came through for Los Angeles when Von Miller got a strip sack and recovery for his new team. 
The very next play resulted in a whiff snap as Stafford was not expecting the ball as it flew over his head. Another turnover for Los Angeles. The Buccaneers didn't convert on a fourth down in their next chance, and kicker Matt Gay had a chance to go up 30-13, but the 47-yard attempt was short. Jalen Ramsey, who many believed was at the top cornerback in the NFL, was burnt by Mike Evans on a touchdown pass with 3 minutes and 20 seconds left to go in the game. When the Rams got the ball back, Ndamukong Sue forced a fumble on running back Cam Akers. This was his second of the day. The Bucks got the ball back, and after another Leonard Fournette touchdown, it would tie the game at 27-27. The Rams had one final chance to put this game away with 42 seconds left. All it took was two huge plays to Cooper Cup to get them back in the red zone, and kicker Matt Gay took the Rams back to their first NFC Championship game since the 2019 season. There would be no repeat for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and who knows what Brady does in the offseason. The Rams will play the 49ers for the third time this year, possibly hosting the next two games at home in Los Angeles. The final game was of the divisional weekend was challenging to the heart. The Kansas City Chiefs have been on a redemption tour since failing to show up in Super Bowl 55. They were dominated and only scored nine points in the biggest game. To start this year, Kansas City actually looked like the team was having the hangover from the Super Bowl, and it was suggested that this team could possibly miss the playoffs. What a foolish take. Kansas City found their usual selves and had competitive battles with top teams. When they faced Cincinnati in Week 17, they fell 34-31 on the road. Now they have the thunderous roar of Arrowhead Stadium to back them up this time. But how they got to this point, which had already been full of challenges and mountains to climb, the road has been a rocky one. The Chiefs would be so foolish to overlook the Bengals, who just took down the top AFC team. Buffalo had watched the Chiefs celebrate in the AFC Championship game last season when they sent them home and looked ahead at this matchup at a chance at payback. At one point, it looked like the season-long journey had been accomplished, but those magnificent Chiefs are hard to kill. Stephon Diggs was completely shut down in this one, catching only three receptions for seven yards. There was another receiver the Chiefs couldn't handle, and that was Gabriel Davis who had eight receptions for 201 yards and four touchdowns. An absolute incredible performance that will be forgotten in history due to the outcome. Devin Singletary scored the first touchdown of the game, but Patrick Mahomes responded with a drive that was a full display of his running ability, topping it off with a rushing touchdown of his own. The game went back and forth for some time, and in the fourth quarter would be one of the wildest endings in playoff history. It was 26-21, Chiefs on top with just under 9 minutes left. Buffalo would have a drive that chomped away at the clock. And facing 3rd and 4th downs that quarterback Josh Allen converted with his legs. On 4th and 13, Josh Allen stepped up in the pocket and found wide receiver Gabriel Davis in the end zone. And converted a, the 2-point conversion, making the score 29-16 with a minute 54 left. This is where the supposedly top defense began to crumble. One pass to Travis Kelsey moved the chains, and one pass to Tyreek Hill burnt all the defenders as he sprinted to the house. One minute and seven seconds was left, and Josh Allen had a chance to win it. 
He methodically moved the ball downfield and found himself inside the red zone. Another touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis with 13 seconds left made the score 36-33. Patrick Mahomes, however, found his usual targets, Kelsey and Hill, on consecutive plays and got back into field goal range. Two plays is all it took. Harrison Butker's leg took it to overtime. Kansas City won the coin toss and essentially the game. Buffalo's defense was done for. There was no more energy. There was no more willpower. They left everything on the field in four quarters and couldn't handle the Chiefs with extra time. Mahomes marched down with ease and found Travis Kelsey in the corner of the end zone for the game winner. A lot of fans had made the suggestion that the overtime rules are flawed and the Bills should have had a chance with the ball. It was more than a pathetic excuse for the downfall of the Buffalo defense who had no sort of game plan to stop Patrick Mahomes' top targets. The battles of Mahomes and Allen may resemble the old rivalries of Manning and Brady. Unfortunately, the Bills did not get their revenge and the Chiefs are closer at redemption. The AFC Championship game will be the first game on Sunday with the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. The Bengals won the matchup in Week 17 by a McPherson field goal in Cincinnati, but on the road will be a much harder task. If the Bengals end up pulling this one off, it will skyrocket Joe Burrow's legacy as a quarterback in just his second season. The Chiefs should win this one with the crowd on their side. Perhaps there won't be a Tyron Matthew to help the secondary and both Burrow and Chase had big games in Week 17. Chiefs should be entering their third straight Super Bowl as long as they don't overlook the Bengals in this one. As for the final one, the NFC Championship game will be the final game of the playoffs before the big show in Los Angeles. And the Rams could potentially host the next two games. It will be an extremely hard task as they will have to face their bitter rival for the third time this year, that being the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners have already defeated the NFC West foes twice this year, beating them 31-10 in Week 10 and 27-24 in Week 18. The Rams will need to write the narrative and get them over that hurdle to get them back into the Super Bowl. It may be a defensive battle and whoever, whatever team has the most takeaways in this game, that's who's going to win. Los Angeles should see this as a golden opportunity to host the Super Bowl, but there was a lot of red in the last home game against the Niners. My final prediction for the Super Bowl 56 teams, I'm going to have to go with Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, as much as that pains me to say, I don't see Cincinnati definitely does not have the experience. But if they pull it off, that's going to be one incredible story. And everybody's going to gravitate towards Cincinnati. And they might bring a championship, a football championship, to the birthplace of, well, the birth state of football, Ohio. It would be an absolutely incredible journey if Cincinnati makes it to the Super Bowl. Not, not just, you know, win the Super Bowl, just get there. That would be incredible. To beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, that is a huge task. And if anyone can do it, I mean, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But I imagine the Kansas City defense is going to have a game plan for Jamar Chase um, after what he had done in the last game. But you know what? Maybe some offensive mastermind 
set up by the can by the Cincinnati Bengals could pull out some trickery and fool the Chiefs and perhaps the Chiefs go down you never know maybe this magic comes to an end at some point but it's hard to say that's going to happen after watching that incredible divisional round game against the Buffalo Bills they they had they matched the Bills for touchdown for touchdown and they made it look easy and that was against one of the top defenses in the NFL so we'll see it's it's really going to come down to which defense is slightly better and that's that's when we find out you know champion you know defense wins championships so who's going to win the AFC I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs just because they've been there before they they know how to you know they know the recipe to get to the Super Bowl and you know this is a team that's come back from big deficits in the playoffs especially Mahomes Super Bowl run all three games that he played in the playoffs he was down at by 10 points at one point came back and won them all so it should be Kansas City but if the Bengals win you might have to call me a Bengals fan anyways the prediction for the NFC championship game Los Angeles versus San Francisco now San Francisco has had Los Angeles numbers they had they know how to beat them they've done it twice before this year now maybe one game was at the end of the season and the Rams had already had a you know playoff spot and they weren't too worried about it and having the Niners win wasn't the worst thing but now they allowed them to get in because with that win it helped them get back in the playoffs if they face this team and fall flat on their face and lose at home I mean yeah, I, obviously Los Angeles doesn't have home field advantage the Chargers don't have home field advantage uh, every time you go see a game in LA it's always the other teams that just kind of poking through the fans in the stands and it's just it's so noticeable I notice it all the time when the Broncos play the Chargers you know in that, that Rams game against the Niners there was a lot of Niners fans so Niners are trying to look at this one as a third home game, but I don't know. Defense is really going to step up in this one. The reason I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams is because because of you know th- this defense. This defense has top tier guys who have been there before. I mean, Jalen Ramsey has been there. Uh, Aaron Darnold has been there. Von Miller was one of the biggest reasons that the the Broncos got there, and I I, I envision that Von Miller is going to have a huge game in this one, and if he gets to the Super Bowl, he's going to have a big game in the Super Bowl. It's going to be incredible, and I think the Rams are going to pull it off. Plus, this also makes it easier for the San Francisco 49ers to make that transition from Jimmy Garoppolo to their third overall pick in Trey Lance. Now, if it happens to be that the Niners pull it through and you know it's more than just the run game you know to see Jimmy Garoppolo go out there and sling it and make some huge plays to get them the win that would be amazing as well if Jimmy Garoppolo gives all the reason to the Niners that you can't go with Trey Lance you have to go with me I mean this is his opportunity NFC championship game he's got to win it all though and could you imagine if it's a rematch of the Super Bowl two years ago the Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers when the Niners were winning that game at one point in the fourth quarter the magic of Patrick Mahomes just 
to the, want him to the Super Bowl again. So, it's... I, I guess not again, but when you think about how great Patrick Mahomes is, you imagine that he's already been there. He has been to so many... He's been to four straight AFC championships. That's incredible. And three... Possibly... Uh, three straight Super Bowls. It's been in the last two. Should have been in the 2018 season. But Tom Brady pulled that one off. So, it's... But if it's going to be a rematch of that Super Bowl, I, I couldn't imagine that the Niners go in and lose that one again. They would have to go all out and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And you're asking me who's going to win the Super Bowl? If it's between the Kansas City Chiefs and Los Angeles Rams, they're going with the Rams. Matthew Stafford's going to top his career off with a Super Bowl victory. And that legendary defense is going to be the reason why he was able to pull it off. I feel like Von Miller's going to do havoc. Because the, the Rams are doing something different with Von Miller that the Broncos never did. They're putting Von Miller against everybody on the line and moving him around on the defense. And that's a pretty unique strategy. And I like that. That's what we need to see more of. This is going to be an interesting weekend. Hope you guys all enjoy it. Um, I'll be back with more episodes. Just remember, you can always follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Just look up Elevated Sports Podcast. If you want to email me to get on the show, just email elevatedsportspodcast at gmail.com. Let's chit-chat. Let's connect. This has been Eric Sagala on the Elevated Sports Podcast. Y'all stay elevated, y'all stay healthy, and y'all stay safe. Have a good one. This has been the Elevated Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe and follow at Elevated underscore Sagala, S-I-G-A-L-A, on Twitter and Elevated Sports Community on Instagram for updates and interactions with the host. Remember to always stay elevated.